Hello, this is Len Tengis welcoming you to the iPodcast AGCMO Weekly Podcast. In each episode, we'll feature information about a contractor, specialty contractor, supplier, contracting agency, owner, or legislative or regulatory issue pertinent to the construction industry in Missouri. We'll feature industry professionals and other construction industry representatives to help our listeners stay up to date with current and future trends in construction. So here we go. Today's guest on iPodcast AGCMO is Connor Christian. Connor is the BIM Program Manager for HDR Transportation. Connor, thank you. Thanks for having me. And Connor, you're based out of Minneapolis, right? That is correct. What's going on up in Minneapolis these days? Well, there's, uh, well, these days there's, of course, cold and, and snow. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but, but outside of that, there's a lot going on in Minneapolis as they're trying out, uh, just like many DOTs, to expand their BIM program. Now, you're here in Missouri to talk at our first annual Heavy Highway Technology Conference. I heard your talk earlier today. Why don't you share with the listeners a little bit about how BIM and technology is moving into the transportation area. It seems like the building side were early adopters, and it seems like maybe the transportation side is a little slower to adopt. So talk about where that's going. Yeah, absolutely. The the transportation side, I'd say, has not been doing as much BIM as the building side over, I'd say, the last decade. Any specific reason for that? Some of its technology and, and some of its, I think, requirements. The technology for buildings got there, I think, a little faster mm-hmm. with stronger BIM-enabled platforms and, and parametric modeling. And that's something that is building more into infrastructure software right now. now we're seeing a definite change in the software at, at this exact moment in time, and, and I think that's driving some of that change. So that's been a major factor. The other thing is just, I think some of the, the standards that are out there and requirements is a lot of the, the owners of the transportation have been, they've been the drivers of BIM. So you're seeing the DOTs and the FHWA getting more engaged in it now. Correct. And, and on the building side, it was more the contractors and designers that I think drove, drove the, the change to BIM. For whatever reason, uh, maybe it was the tools they were using, they saw the value first. And I would say that right now the major drive is, is from the, the DOTs. And, uh, you know, HDR is, is watching that very closely so that we can m- make sure that we're out there, you know, helping our, our clients as well and, and keeping up with uh, what it is they need. But it's certainly very owner-driven. Now, there, there is an initiative that FHWA is involved in right now. What is that? There, there is a number of initiatives that FHWA is involved in. They are pushing BIM uh, across the board and have been for, for almost, uh, I would say, at least five years. They've been funding it heavily. Uh, they've had almost $25 million in, in research for BIM and just a, a series of different research projects, uh, whether that's looking at national object libraries or looking at BIM workflows or trying to, you know, fund the software standards like uh, Industry Foundation Class or IFC. All of those things are being funded by, by FHWA. And how far along would you say they are in that process? Are they at the beginning? Or are they pretty deeply into it? Or are they close to completion? 
At this point, I'd say they're they're deeply into it. It's, it's no longer just an investigation. There's actually change being made kind of across the board. Uh, they, they have a national roadmap that they're working on uh, to try and help everyone understand how they might roll out BIM within their organizations or how that might look in the U.S. The efforts for industry foundation class and, and a software standard for the country are in the middle of actually being created. So it's it's well on its way to, to happening. And for somebody who hasn't heard industry foundation class before, describe that a little bit. So industry foundation class is an open format for 3D model exchange and the data associated with those models. I, I like to compare it to PDF. PDF is what we use for you know exchanging documents. It's an open standard. It's an ISO standard. Everyone can use it. And it is able to be generated from all platforms and, and read across the board because it is an ISO standard. Likewise, IFC is an open standard. It is an ISO standard and can be generated from any 3D modeling software. But it gives everyone a standard deliverable that has a, a standard schema so that uh, you always know what you're getting, no matter who made it or what software it came from. So the move is on now that there's something that all the DOTs and all the contractors will have a consistent platform no matter where they go. Correct. That's that's the, the idea is to, to try and make it a little more software agnostic in the industry, which is honestly good for everyone. It's good for the DOTs. It's good for contractors. It's good for designers because we can start focusing in on whichever tools make us most effective at our, at our work instead of choosing just the tools that allow us to give a particular deliverable. Now, who are some of the early adopters when you're looking across the country? We've got 50 DOTs. We've got all sorts of agencies out there. Who are some of the early adopters that are making this actually happen? Yeah, the, the early adopters, uh, Utah is always uh, at the top of the list. They have a, a lot of projects, pilot projects that they're working on and have just been very progressive. Uh, they've had at least a dozen pilot projects that were full model deliverables, and, as in no 2D documents, and it's been impressive to watch their efforts. That's pretty aggressive. And it's, it's very aggressive. Iowa is is a front runner that they've they've done a lot of investigation. They've had a model based delivery project. Illinois and, and Illinois Tollway, Michigan, uh, Wisconsin, New York. These are these are definitely uh, some of the states that are really you know pushing their their BIM programs and, and more jumping in every day. I'm seeing uh, you know Pennsylvania and Montana. So it's all over the country. It's not any one particular DOT. It's really, it Correct. depends on the flavor of how the DO, how, how aggressive the DOT is really pushing this and adopting it. Correct. And, and you know, everyone's taking their own approaches to it, which is, uh, you know, it's fun to watch the, the different sure. behaviors, whether it's let's just throw things against the wall and see what sticks or let's very methodically go through this process and make sure we get it right. But Everyone's trying to get there in their own way. Now, there's also a consortium of states that are working to build something. And there's like 20 states involved in some project. Can, can you talk about that a little bit? Yes. That is the, the Transportation Pooled Fund 5, you know, 372 is the official term. Whatever that stands for. Yeah, but it's um, the BIM for Bridges and Structures Project. And it is 20 different states plus the FHWA and the National Institute of Building Sciences have all pulled together their their funds and it's a it's a five-year project with a goal of creating the 
U.S. software standard for industry foundation classes, for IFC, for bridges. And in particular, it would represent the handoff from design to construction uh, for bidding purposes and design to fabrication for, for fabrication, for starting that whole mm-hmm. process off. And that is starting off year two of the five-year project, where in year three, we're, we're hoping to have that software standard complete. And That's pretty exciting. That That's a pretty large movement when you got 20 states and FHWA working on something. It's, it's a lot of people to get to agree on something. I'm assuming they get together periodically and look at the best practices and things that are going well, things that aren't going well. Correct. And and the, the, org, the, the, the group that really started this pooled fund is the the, the COBS, uh, Ashto COBS committee, uh, subcommittee T19. What is it? What is the COBS committee? That's, I'm sorry, that stands for the cons- the Committee on Bridges and Structures. Okay, okay. And and that, that, that group is the one that is presiding over this particular pooled fund, which is led by Iowa. And th- that's kind of where that came from. And, and yes, they do meet fairly regularly. We're, we're actually having a meeting in, in San Diego at the end of February. Uh, it's going to be a nice couple days of doing some workshops and really getting some feedback for the pooled fund. So Ashto is the convener. So obviously the heads of the transportation agencies are keeping an eye on this. So it is a real collaborative between FHWA and the states. And folks like yourself, are, are contractors engaged in that or fab shops or What's their role in this? So our, uh, we have engaged with contractors and fabricators. There's a certain portion of the project that's called an information delivery manual. And that is really describing the process in a way that uh, practitioners understand. So designers and contractors, it's our, it's our plain language. You know, this is what happens when we finish our design. And, you know, the next step is we give it to the contractors and they get this information out of it. So we are trying to engage as many contractors and fabricators in that process as we can so that we get their feedback and make sure that the process represents reality. Because this document, this information delivery manual, is what we give to uh, the software developers, and, and they translate that into the model view definition. So if, if our description of the process isn't correct, then the final product wouldn't represent what we need it to. Now, you're living this every day. This is obviously your job. You're living in your crystal ball. Where do you see this going over the next three to five years? Over the next three to five years, I think the the major changes we're going to see are, I I think, people really getting on board with 3D modeling. When you say people, you mean uh, the highway contractors. The highway contractors, yes. It's uh, the contractors, the designers in, in this industry, uh, the, the DOTs themselves, they kind of are going to have to because the software is, is forcing them in that direction. Mm-hmm. And so as they start to learn to use 3D models and really start to understand the, the full benefit of those, right as they're getting there, that's when you're going to see these software standards included in the software packages that they use. And that's the next three to five years. We're looking at, in five years, I would guess, something that you're going to see is a lot more regular projects that have model-based delivery, where, where the model is the contract document that is signed off uh, and sealed by, by the engineers, and that that's what is being constructed off of in the field. 
And this is not just for mega projects. This is for projects of all sizes and obviously all different locations across the country. Yes, projects of all sizes all across the country. I already am talking to a, a number of DOTs, and they've stated that this is the direction that they want to go. A great example would actually be uh, PennDOT, who uh, last year, near the end of 2019, hired HDR to be a consultant to them uh, to help them in a project they're calling Digital Delivery 2025, with a goal of having model-based deliverables by the year 2025. And they're just the first of, of many states that I think we are going to see going that way. So if I'm a contractor, if you're talking to me one-on-one -on -one as I'm a highway contractor, what am I doing with my staff and with my team and with my operation to get prepared if I'm not already there? There's a couple steps that I think contractors could be taking. One knee-jerk reaction would be to go out there and, and buy the same kind of software that designers are using, the BIM software, and that might not be the best way to go because the, the plan moving forward, particularly for something like IFC, is that we're able to exchange this information to contractors in a way that the systems that are made for their work are able to digest it. A good example right now is there's always, always trying to go from, say, Bentley to uh, Trimble Business Center. Mm -hmm. and that is, the designers are making in stuff in Bentley. They're trying, the contractors are trying to get into Business Center, and it never really quite works the way we'd like it to. So IFC is supposed to be something that helps solve that problem because when you have two software companies that are regularly changing their software, it's very difficult to try and make them line up with each other. Mm -hmm. But when there is a standard export that is an international standard that Bentley understands they have to export and Trimbo understands they have to import, no matter what changes they make internally, that export when import will always be the same and understood. And that's going to be a powerful tool for contractors moving forward. And looking towards a future where they're able to digest those models and, and understand them is, uh, I think, the, the place to look. So don't run to the software store right now. Just stay informed. Where would I go to stay informed? Is there a website? Is there some portal that I can go to and, and read up on this and, and stay abreast of where this is headed? There is going to be some communication mechanisms put out there. Uh, as part of the pooled fund, we already have a, a website that we have stood up, which is called BIMforBridgesUS.com. Uh, mm -hmm. Okay. And BIMforBridgesUS.com. So, correct. And if you were to go to that, right now it's just a landing page that says, if you're interested in this, let us know, and it collects your information. Uh, within the next year or two, that is supposed to become a a full kind of communication collaboration site for, for people to start learning about it and actually being able to interact with what they would like to see in that standard. So that's, that's one place. But there's going to be some other communications. FHWA is working on a project now where they're going to be putting out a, a national roadmap and have some case studies and communications that they're putting out. I am not entirely sure what venue they're putting that out in, but mm -hmm. it's something to watch for. And those, those are two good places to start. Well, Connor, I appreciate your being at our BIM conference today, at our Heavy Highway Technology Conference. I appreciate HDR Transportation taking a leadership here and really appreciate you sharing this with our listeners today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. 
Thanks again for listening. It's easy to subscribe to iPodcast AGCMO on almost any podcast platform that you use. We hope you do subscribe and continue to listen as we move forward with this important project for the construction industry. To access our prior podcasts, visit www.agcmo.org, not only for podcasts, but for additional information about AGC of Missouri.